Hey, welcome everyone. We are here. Listen, this is the first time we've had live in our new studio. As you can tell me, we have this white background behind me. Half is done, half is not, but we're going to get going and uh, I'm excited. And by the way, I just want to let you know, we have some other events that are going to be coming up. A prophecy updates plus a special guest that's going to be coming up where we'll be able to meet uh, at the 412 Church. And uh, we'll let you know about that. Uh, you can invite your friends to it. Those will be ticketed events. They'll be free, but they will be ticketed. But uh, listen, right now uh, we have some exciting things. I want to kick off this first night in the studio with a prophecy update with just myself. Next week, Don Perkins is going to be joining me. Uh, and listen, we live in exciting times. I think all of you would agree with me on that. Uh, so with that, let's get going. So here we are, prophecy update. couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, back uh, on February 9th, I used this particular slide that you see right now. Healing rooms canceled due to coronavirus fears. Remember that? I was interviewing Don Stewart that night and David Tal, and I showed that. And now we look back and we're thinking, well, uh, man, what a mess things have been. Then we fast forward from there to where we are today. And what, where do we land today? Kentucky couple under house arrest after testing positive for COVID-19, refusing to quarantine. So you look at these things. Remember, that's the couple that's, uh, that was, um, you, you look at this and you're thinking under house arrest. Uh, when you start looking at these various things that are taking place and you wonder, what is the extent that people are going to go to in different parts of the country? Also, I don't know if you've noticed this. The main two countries that still seem to be in this this lockdown that's much more restrictive than the rest of the world is the United States and Israel. Kind of strange. It seems like much of the world, uh, their quarantines and their lockdowns have lifted, but certainly not here in America as we're dealing with things, watching things. Where can all of this go? Uh, listen, with that, let me open up with this story from my friend uh, Todd Hampson. wrote an article called Optimistic Pessimism. We're in for a wild ride, but God is in control. And he writes this. Okay, where do I start? The signs of the times are screaming at us through a global pandemic. Constant contradictory misinformation about said pandemic, a national and global economy that is holding on by a supernatural thread, Mideast turmoil with Israel at the center, locust plagues of biblical proportions, Marxist cancel culture groups destroying our cities, major civil unrest in multiple countries, the worst humanitarian crisis in Yemen the world has seen in decades, the U.S. and China budding diplomatic and potential military heads in the South China Sea, murder rates exploding as various cities defund the police, prisoners being let out of prison in mass while churches are told they can't gather or sing, freedoms eroding before our eyes, and worst of all, much of the church is floating downstream like a dead fish instead of being the salt and light it was called to be. We seem to be watching our country struggle to survive right before our eyes. America, the greatest superpower of history, is not found in end times Bible prophecy as a major player. Something terrible must happen to her before the tribulation begins. Then he says, those are the cold, hard facts. And then he says, now for some more bad news. Don't worry, I'll get to the good news in a minute. But for some more bad news, first, I believe the next three to six months can be the most volatile we've seen in this century. 
We simply must wake up to the fact that there is something much larger at play in our country than mere political differences. Forget the Democrat versus Republican for a moment. What we're seeing is a globalist plan to take down America. This plan has been in place for decades and has progressively ramped up the last 12 years to never-seen-before levels. There are very real, very well-organized, very intentional, very prophesied, very powerful people behind the scenes fomenting division, disorder, lawlessness, and instability in America. People must wake up, wake up. Globalists want to take America down because it will implode the world economy and they want to rise to power through order out of the chaos. And then he goes on from there. The article is just outstanding. Thank you, uh, Todd, for that article. Uh, listen, there's so much to put together right now. There's a lot of questions. This Here's something else I want you to do. I want you to send questions. This is live. You can send them to me through Facebook if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, I'll answer those questions and also questions that are coming in through email. And uh, some of the YouTube questions will also be sent over to me too. Um, but listen, um, let's connect some dots. And let me state this before we go further. In Ezekiel chapter 33, Ezekiel writes, Again, <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when the watchman sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take the warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood will be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and doesn't blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, and his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. Wow, what is that saying? Ezekiel's a watchman. Listen, if you're paying attention to Bible prophecy, um, I'm a watchman, you're a watchman, you're a watchwoman, you could say. We are to let people know. That's what I'm doing right now. This is what we see coming. The Bible has over 800 signs regarding the second coming of Christ. And let me tell you, baby, these things are all coming together at the same time. It is my responsibility to be a faithful watchman. What people do with those things is up to them according to God. But I must be faithful. I don't want the blood of a generation on my hands when I knew what the prophecy said, but I ignored them. Uh, when I've read the Bible over 30 years of reading the Bible, over th almost 30 years of teaching Bible prophecy, I know what the Bible says. And to just tell people you can ignore these things. Listen, don't get all worked up. Uh, do these are all just conspiracy theories. Listen, I ain't going down that path. I'm telling you the truth. We know what the Bible has to say about the last days. We're going to connect some dots. Hey, by the way, before we get going, I want to remind you that this program, the YouTube, Facebook, everything you see on Hope for Our Times is 100% supported by donations. So keep that in mind and also uh, like and share this page. You can share this right now if you're watching it on YouTube or uh, if you're watching it on Facebook. Uh, but uh, uh, let's get going. 
So Ezekiel warns, you got to be a watchman. I want to be a faithful watchman. You're watching this program because you also want to be faithful, and you believe that God is doing something. There's something going on. There's some nefarious spiritual things that are going on that are behind the scenes. And I can tell you right now, what's coming about is globalism and a new world order. People laugh at that. I'm reminded of Peter in 2 Peter. who said that in the last days, scoffers will come say, where's the promise of his coming? Our fathers told us this. Listen, the, the, the implication that Peter gives is people who are brought up in the church heard about the second coming of Christ. They come to the very end when Jesus is about ready to be here, and they say, ah, oh, you can forget about these things. You don't actually believe those things. Listen, again, this is just conspiracy talk. It is not. Look up the word conspiracy in your Bible, and you'll find that every time that word is used, you're going to find something. There's always a conspiracy against God, against the king, or against God's people. Every time. Go ahead. Check it out. Read it in context, and you're going to see things really are happening, folks. Listen, this is what Daniel says. In Daniel chapter 12, Daniel has a vision of the last days, specifically the vision of uh, the, um, the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble. He's got a vision of the last days, and he doesn't understand it all. It's hard for him to understand. In fact, the things he's, he sees in this vision are actually overwhelming him, and they are disturbing him. So what does Daniel do? Well, Daniel, he sees an angel, and he asks the angel, can I have the interpretation of the visions? And the angel tells him, shut up the words of this book, seal them until the time of the end. And then Daniel is told this in Daniel chapter 12 by the angel. Listen, in that day, Daniel, the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and they will not understand, but the wise will understand. The wise are going to look at the events of the day, the wise are going to be looking in their Bible, and the wise are going to be able to go, aha, I can tell what is going on. It, it, it actually baffles my mind as I look right now with people that go to church or have been going to church, and they don't see anything wrong. It's like, well, yeah, there's lockdowns and there's this, but we're going to, listen, this isn't anything weird. Let me tell you, this is bizarre, the things that are happening right now. Why is it that so many people who never go to church are coming for answers in the Bible? They're looking and saying, hey, Tom, what's the answer? They're looking to you. They're saying something weird is going on. What in the world is going on? And we have answers. We know something strange is happening. So with that, let's look at some of the signs the Bible tells us to look for regarding the last days. In the last days, one of the things that's going to happen is there will be hatred against God and hatred against his people, and it would increase in frequency and intensity as we get closer and closer to that day. In fact, hold on a minute. Before I go any further, I'm going to set my timer here because I want to make sure I, I finish this part on time so I can take your questions uh, live as the, uh, we are going through this. You know me, I can just talk and talk. I can be up here for hours, and, uh, and I don't want to put you to sleep either. I want to take your questions. I want to take them live. But think of this. In the last days, the hatred against God and hatred against his people would increase. Consider this. Israel's oracle delivers big message from God. Messiah is here. This was in uh, Breaking Israel News. A new message begging Jews who live in the diaspora to get to Israel has been released from an unusual source. The diaspora, diaspora is in the dispersion. 
the Jews who are living in the other parts of the world, not living in the land of Israel, they're saying, hey, it's time to get back to the land of Israel. Daniel, a Jewish man living in Israel, is known by his, his first name alone. Uh, Daniel was born with autism and does not have the ability to communicate verbally. As a result of his autism, he and others like him are able to tap into a higher level of spiritual truth than most. He explains a situation like this. I am autistic and I see the world much differently than most other human beings. I see the atom that is God's creation. I see clearly body and soul and their connection with the higher worlds. He and others like him reveal spiritual messages. At, since at least 2008, Daniel and another autistic man named Benjamin Golden have been transmitting messages to the Jewish community. And he begins with one of his messages as it's been translated. The situation is very bad, very bad, Father. Most people just don't understand what is going on. They don't want to make teshuva. They don't want to repent. And th those who don't uh, want to make teshuva, who don't want to repent by now, God, Hashim, will force them to answer later for their sins and much more suffering and tears. We're already beginning to feel what is happening in the world. The world we live in today has become harsh. We live in a world that is now ruled by the most wicked people that ever lived, incarnations of the most wicked people of all of the generations that lived in the past. And what is more scary is that people of Israel do not understand. He continues, I'm talking to all the Jews that live in the United States. Your life will not go back to what it used to be. No, no, it's not like that. And then the article has a lot more to say. Listen, I don't know how, uh, if I'm just going to take someone with visions or prophetic dreams <clears throat> at their word, but I do know this. I'm going to take what the Bible does tell me. I'm looking at events, and I believe the Lord is coming. This particular Jewish person says the Messiah is already here. I don't believe that because I know in the last days how everything is going to unfold. However, I do know this. Many of the dominant religions right now are looking for a Messiah figure to show up. And I know that the Lord is going to return, and I know that the time is so close. But again, hatred against God and, uh, and his people will increase in the last days. So in Israel, they're looking for the Messiah. Hatred is going to increase against the Jews and all of God's people. The attention is going to be there as we are waiting for the true Messiah to return. Consider this, National Museum of African American History and Culture says, hard work, nuclear family, and Christianity are negative aspects of whiteness. So I look at this and I think, okay, this is a strange thing. Uh, Christianity actually has its birth in the Mideast in Israel, Semitic people, dark-haired, dark skin. But then there's many Europeans that got saved, became Christians. And now they're saying Christianity is a problem with whiteness. So we're looking at racism and religion being tied in together. And I do not believe it's going to end there. I'll get to that in just a second. And then there's this. A Black Lives Matter South Carolina founder said there's nothing wrong with calling Jews and white people subhuman. I'm going to tell you something. I can tell what the Bible says. Uh, Zechariah chapter 12 tells us that in the last days, all the world is going to turn against Israel, not just geographically, but also against the Jewish people. That's what that term means. So when I look at that, I know 
anti-Semitism is going to increase. I also know this, ever since God made his covenant with Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob following, there's always been an attempt to eradicate the Jewish people from the planet. You can see it in the Old Testament. You can re read about it in books like Esther. You can also see it throughout secular history, right on up to Nazi Germany. And when Nazi Germany, that, that empire was done away with, guess what? Anti-Semitism never left. In fact, it's only been increasing ever since then. So much so that former NYPD commissioner uh, warns American Jews are in grave danger. Uh, that's a former NYPD commissioner, Ray Kelly, said in an interview, we are in a dangerous place of history. Listen, I want you to think of this as, as we think the increase is going to come against the Jews, the increase of anti-Semitism against uh, all things re Israel. We watch BDS on the campuses. We're watching uh, uh, anti-Semitism. The BLM movement itself, Black Lives Matter movement itself, is anti-Semitism at its core, and I read the things, it's also anti-Bible, and I read these things, and I think to myself, it does not surprise me. I also think this, in Isaiah chapter 28, the, the uh, uh, leaders of the city of Jerusalem and Israel, they enter into the covenant with the devil, the covenant that Daniel chapter 9 speaks of. That, that last day's covenant of the 70th week of Daniel. Isaiah chapter 28 gives a little bit more details. And God says, you're entering into a covenant. You will enter into a covenant with Shul, with death, to avoid the scourge that is going to come upon you. Right now, you look, what could be the scourge that Israel wants to avoid that is coming their way? Listen, it can't be a coronavirus. It can't be a... a a, um, a pestilence that Israel's saying, I want to avoid a scourge. There has to be something man-made that's coming their way that has destroyed greater nations than Israel. Why is that? Because Israel's offered the opportunity to enter into a covenant, and by entering into the covenant, it stops the scourge. So it can't be a pandemic. It can't be a coronavirus. It can't be a pestilence. It's not going to be earthquakes or something like that. There's something man-made that has destroyed greater nations in Israel, quite, quite possibly something that's destroying the United States. Israel's going to look at it. I don't want that to happen to me. They will enter into this covenant. Again, Check. be a fact checker. Check it out yourself. Isaiah chapter 28, to avoid the scourge that's coming. What will happen to the nation of Israel? Jeremiah tells us in the Old Testament. Have you noticed Jeremiah chapter 33, what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. You hear that right now with the BDS movement. You hear people saying, God's abandoned Israel. They're, they're evil and all that kind of stuff. Jeremiah the prophet already foresaw this in the last days and God instructed him to write. The Lord chose, the people will say, the Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They're sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. That is what people are saying. But this is what the Lord says. Again, Jeremiah 33. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. 
You know what the counterpart is of Jeremiah 33 from the Old Testament, where God says, I'll restore them to the land. I'm never going to abandon my people. It's in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, where the Bible says, uh, earlier Paul the Apostle asked, has God abandoned his people? Certainly not. And then Romans chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says, Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come, and then all Israel will be saved. Folks, I believe we are watching the door close on the Gentile world. I believe that that blindness in part that has come to Israel until the time of the Gentiles has come, the fullness has come, we're, we're, we're right on the threshold of that door being shut to the Gentile world. As God is beginning to work with his people Israel again, the 70th week of Daniel, the final seven-year tribulation period, is about God and his covenant with Abraham and his people. Read about it. In fact, in Daniel chapter 9, the Bible is very clear. It's about his city, the holy city, that's Jerusalem, and the people, the Jewish people, to put an end to transgression, an end to sin. This is where it's all going. The door's closing on the Gentile world, folks, and God appears to be isolating Israel right now. Listen, we go through these things much longer. We know that America is not a player in the last day's prophecies, and it looks like America is not going to be able to come to Israel's rescue pretty soon. You wonder how that was going to happen? I still am hoping for a rapture, but as I look at all of these different things taking place, folks, we have a lot uh, of, there's a lot of Bible prophecy to help give us the uh, instruction for the direction everything is going to go so we can tell, so we can be well prepared. Let's look at the next thing. Um, there would be hatred against God and his people. It would increase as birth pains upon a pregnant woman. The next thing I want to talk about is deceit. When Jesus was asked in the Olivet Discourse uh, by his disciples, what is the sign of your coming at the end of the age? The very first sign he gave them was deception. Don't be deceived. In fact, let me read it to you. Matthew chapter 24 says this. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Jesus privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Uh, I am the Christ. I am the way. Go this way, not the way of the gospel, not the way of this book. Listen, we've already gotten to the place of deceit. Churches are out there saying, don't teach the Old Testament. Churches and pastors are out there saying, don't you dare go into Bible prophecy. You would think that right now, more pastors would be saying, man, I better pay attention to Bible prophecy more than I ever have before. But that is exactly the opposite of what is happening. I want you to think of this when it comes to this sign that Jesus said about deceit. The big, uh, the big deceit, uh, the increase of deceit of the last days. A good salesman will create a crisis in order to sell them the solution. The crisis, if you're a car salesman, is, uh-oh, you've got to have a new car. Look at your car. It's falling apart. 
oh, it's going to cost you more for repairs. You got to do this to your used car. You got to do that to your used car. And then you start looking at the math. They put the math together for you to think, wow, I can have a brand new car for less than the crises that that old car is going to cost me. And look, and it's brand new. It has a new car smell. This is wonderful. And I can have it right now and get rid of that crisis of my old car. Listen, in the grand scheme of things, I believe that is what we are watching right now. There's a crisis that has been created. And in that crisis, we are going to be sold the solution. Right now, we're hearing about vaccines and various things. Um, but I want to get into this, right? So let's think of this. Uh, as we've looked at part of the solutions, we've seen this. This is a while back now. It's amazing uh, that uh, you, you hear about these things being developed. This is from September ID 2020 and partners launch program to provide digital ID with vaccines. So that was from September of 2019. And then we go into the COVID and all of a sudden we've got to have these different IDs. And then we have this, this, this digital ID and, the, and all these things are going on with vaccines, by the way. Uh, the WHO, World Health Organization. Again, this is from some time back. Um, contaminated cash may help spread coronavirus. Deadly disease can be contained. How? It implies by getting rid of cash, we can contain the coronavirus problem. Uh, but then there is this article. I love this. Uh, Zero Hedge. What is the real purpose of the lockdowns? Listen to this. This article has a lot to say. In early 2020, Neil Ferguson of the UK's Imperial College used a scare tactic to predict that 80% of Americans would be infected and there would be 2.2 million American deaths, neither of which materialized. Yet Ferguson's extremism accomplished its intended purpose in establishing the basis for draconian lockdown requirements. Ferguson later retracted his earlier prediction down to 20,000 fatalities. Now listen, I'm here in, in California. Uh, when this coronavirus began, the governor of California said that by, the, by May 15th, the middle of May, that there, half of California was going to be infected with coronavirus. That would put us at around the 20 million mark back in May. Here we are, we're rapidly approaching August, we aren't anywhere near that number, and all of a sudden, we aren't hearing about coronavirus deaths anymore. We're hearing about people being tested, and because more and more people being tested, we see the numbers go up. But these things, we're not anywhere near 20 million people in California being affected. And certainly the deaths haven't panned out the way that some of these people wanted the deaths to pan out. And you look at this and you go, well, that is really weird. It's like they wanted people to die. You look at New York City, putting people into, into convalescent homes and it appeared to make sure that they die in order to get numbers up. And then we find out in Florida, when you look at the COVID numbers, that these labs weren't even reporting on any of the negative tests. And in many of the labs, 100% of the people uh, were, were reported as being positive or 98%. You look at that and you go, what in the world is going on? So the strange thing is, when you look at this, even with the numbers being, now we know, we're finding out more and more information, the numbers are being inflated. Listen, we're finding out the death rate isn't nearly what they were telling us it was going to be, and yet the lockdowns are increasing. Here's another strange thing. You start comparing it to an average flu season, and the flu season with the vaccine 
seems to be almost the same numbers that we have with coronavirus or somewhere in there, even with numbers inflated and manipulated. Listen, something is going on and we need to be paying attention. All we need to do is just ask ourselves questions as we look at what's happening. Think through this. Don't just listen to the talking heads on TV. Think through it. God gave us a brain. Think through it. With current infection fatality rate at 0.20, lockdowns have been devoid of science, this article goes on to say, and are based on arbitrary, contradictory, and inconsistent requirements. Just a few examples come to mind, such as liquor stores and big chains are considered essential and remain open, but standalone, independent mom and pops are not. Barbers may be open, but hair salons may not. While it is advised to get tested for COVID-19, a colonoscopy or other elective surgery are not allowed. While vitamin C and D and sunshine strengthen the immune system, all outdoor sports programs have been canceled. Can't have an outdoor sports program, but you can gather outdoors for a protest, and that's okay. I read the reports. No coronavirus increase by, by protesters. Um, we're watching cities. Think of it. We are watching cities being taken over. Look at Portland, Oregon. Look at Seattle. Look at Minneapolis. Look at Chicago. Look at New York City, just to mention some of them. As the official narrative of the COVID-19 as an existential threat has collapsed, it is interesting to follow how hotspots occurred just as a particular state like Florida announced its reopening. Those new hotspots encourage a reinvigorated debate over mandatory face masks, social distancing, with its success depending on duplicious, du, du, whatever that word is, media, duplicious. I don't even know if that is a word. You know what I'm thinking of. Uh, instilling panic and naive public still believing COVID-19 to be more dangerous than the seasonal flu. Then this article goes on and asks this. Why face masks? Uh, to date, there's no standard for what constitutes a safe face mask or instructions for disposal, considering that a used face mask will be a contaminated biohazard material. Ergo, a face mask is more of a device to require citizen compliance than safety precaution. Just think about the face mask alone. And listen, I get heat on the, man, I mentioned face masks and people get all over me as if I'm going to hell over a face mask. Listen, we are saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am allowed to have an opinion on the face mask. And let me tell you something. If this was as deadly as we were being told, which now the numbers are out, are proving it is not, everybody would be required to wear the exact same. There'd be an ordered face mask. We'd be having ventilators and all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't be able to go to the grocery store and touch every single item that there is. You press the pad at the keypad for, for your debit. Everybody gets to press the same pad. Even if they put plastic over it, listen, everybody's finger touches the same plastic. You start looking at this and you're going, well, wait a minute, something is wrong with this. And you look, you go, I think we need to ask ourselves a lot more questions about what in the world is really going on. I believe this is about globalism. Listen, a face mask is what captors put over their, 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 their people that they take captive. Listen, it dehumanizes people. Do you know that? It, it takes away the face, the being able to see that when a person captures somebody. You don't read the emotion anymore. Listen, we are going to stand before God with unveiled face. That's what the Bible tells us. I'm thinking now 
that that scripture was put in there because God knew that in the last days it would be such a time as this. We will stand before God with unveiled face. We will see God face to face. I'm telling you, there's something very nefarious about this. It is not just a mask, as many say. And again, if it really was about the mask, then we would be required to suit up differently if this COVID uh, um, virus was as bad as they used to tell us that it was. Uh, listen, here's I want to tell you this. We are not in the tribulation period yet. There are viruses that are coming, and I know this because of Matthew 24 and Revelation chapter 6 with the rider on the pale horse. There are viruses, a.k.a. pestilences that are coming that are far, 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 far more, more devastating, ruinous to society than what we have right now. A quarter of the world's population will be killed by pestilences and also through killing one another through civil unrest. And you look at that and you go, wow. Listen, we are not there yet. We are not in the tribulation period yet. But again, the virus is coming are far worse. What's really going on? You consider this. This is from a, a few weeks back. UN Chief Guterres calls for one supreme body of global governance. The world needs an overarching level of multilateral governance that can sideline problematic national interests. We need a network multilateralism bringing together the UN system, regional organizations, international financial institutions, and others. And we need an inclusive multilateralism drawing on, in particular, with greater weight given to the voices of the youth. The problem is that today's multilateralism lacks scale, ambition, and teeth. They want this global system. It is coming with teeth. That's the way Daniel describes the kingdom of the last days, the revived Roman Empire. With teeth, it's going to devour. It's going to be vicious. You think of that, and yet here's this article. When you look at COVID, UK health minister calls for urgent review after scientists expose over-exaggeration of COVID-19 death toll. So I look at all of these things that are going on. Folks, we need to wake up. We need to be well prepared. We need to be read up. Pay attention. You can tell which direction all of this is going. And you and I are hearing about globalism, globalism, globalism. Listen, I don't have enough time to get into it right now. Maybe I will in the Q&A time. But listen, I'm going to tell you something else that's coming. Climate laws are coming. You've heard me say that before. Climate laws are coming according to Agenda 2030. Listen, the whole global reset, which we're going to look at in a second, is the the the, the uh, end date for that or, or the official date beginning it all. The new world order is 2030, less than 10 years away. And that's what, this, that's what the date is. Everything is progressing toward that time frame. We may get there before. We may get there later. It looks to me like things are rocking and rolling. Well, listen, we could be out of here at any moment. But in the meantime, we need to pay attention. Let's get on. There would also be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, folks, I don't know if you paid attention, but there are wars and rumors of wars. Consider this. U.S. Navy warship challenges China and South China Sea as U.S. blasts Beijing's unlawful claims and gangster tactics. Listen carefully. Right now, the United States and China, it is getting big. It is getting bad. It is getting ugly. 
people are saying there's going to be Chinese troops here in America. There's going to be Russian troops here in America. Listen, I don't know about that. But I do know, as Jesus prophesied about wars and rumors of wars increasing like birth pains upon a pregnant woman, folks, you can't get bigger than this. At least we think we can't, but there's still wars that are coming in the tribulation period that are even bigger. But watch, U.S. and China are increasing. After the U.S. State Department declared Beijing's maritime claims in the South China Sea and efforts to assert dominance unlawful, the U.S. Navy destroyer, USS Ralph Johnson further challenged China with a sail-by operation Tuesday. And certainly you've been hearing about the Russian planes that have been going into United States territory and the different things that are happening there. Listen, these things are escalating, not just in the Mideast. We'll get over the Mideast in a few minutes, but they're increasing. You look what's going on with Taiwan right now and what's going on with Hong Kong, the threat, folks. There are wars and rumors of wars, and they are increasing. Uh, what else is we think of the prophecy update? Think of this. Nation would fight against nation. Um, I've talked about this many times, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on this one. The Greek word for nation is ethnos. We get an English word ethnic. Jesus said in the last days, just before he comes, it would be people group, ethnic against ethnic, people group against people group, race wars would increase in frequency and in intensity. Folks, do you think we are seeing that? You better believe that we are. Uh, consider this. Uh, let's get through these quickly. There will be earthquakes in diverse places, Jesus said. There would be famines. There would be pestilences. Lawlessness would abound. And there would be grand delusion. Uh, it I seems to me we are in uh, some type of, this world is in some type of grand delusion right now. Listen, this is how, how it divides right now. There are people that are believing something is wrong, and God has the answer. The answer is found in the Bible. And, and, and there's people who aren't even saved. They're saying, something's wrong. I want to know what it is. I'm not believing all of the things that the leaders and the media are telling me. And then there's the other side that says, I'm believing everything that the leaders are telling me. I'm believing everything that the media is telling me. And I'm just going along with that. And they're saying, you're in a delusion because you believe the Bible. I'm saying, I believe the Bible. And it's the thing that is keeping me from the delusion of the hour. But consider these things. This article, prepare yourself. They are now building a system that will use smart cameras to force you to wear a mask and observe social distancing. If I read an article like that, let's say back in January or December, just not too long ago, six, seven, eight months ago, you would have said, that is the dumbest thing. You got to be, you got to be kidding me. What kind of conspiracy nut are you? You look at that now and you're thinking, well, yeah. In fact, some people, a lot of people think this is actually a good idea. And then there's this. The global elites are calling it the Great Reset, and it is exactly what end times books and movies have been warning you about for decades. I've been saying it. Listen, did you know that the World Economic Forum come January has planned an economic reset for the world? Listen, you and I are staring down the gun of this great wealth transfer. I want you to think of this, just what's happened. Uh, take the airline industries, just, just one industry. 
They're filing for bankruptcy. Uh, they can't continue to go on anymore like they are. All the loans that people have been getting from the government. Guess who's going to be taking over all of these different companies, all of these different corporations? Listen, this isn't rocket science. These are government loans that have been given out. And as companies are collapsing, guess what? Wow. We are watching a great economic reset, a, a, a great wealth transfer. You want to know what else is happening? You and I keep hearing the term of um, uh, equality. And, and here's where it is in the financial sense of equality. If uh, you either have too much or not enough. If these people have more than you, this is what the globalist plan is. Take away from those who have a lot and make it equal across the board. The richer you are, the more problematic this is going to be. And you start looking at it, you're going, this is going to happen, folks. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I can promise you it's going to happen because in Revelation chapter 6, the writer on the black horse tells us there's a pair of scales uh, that, that John sees in the vision of the hand of the angel, and the scales represent great inequality in this sense. That, he's told, uh, that we, we can tell that there's going to be great economic collapse, and then there's going to be a great famine. It's going to be a day's wage for a loaf of bread, but don't harm the oil and the wine. Here's where the inequality works. The masses of people throughout the world are going to be completely collapsed, but there's going to be the elitist at the top, don't harm the oil or the wine, they're going to be running everything, they're going to have the money, they're going to be calling all of the shots. Folks, that's what we are watching for the setup The setup right now. We're hearing all this talk about equality, you have too much, blah, 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 blah. Listen, don't let it alarm you too much, because the Bible warned about what it was going to look like during the last days. What do we have coming when you think of pestilences? Here it comes, Bill Gates and his Gavi Vaccine Alliance launching AI-powered trust stamp, combining a vaccine and digital biometric ID, aha, uh -huh, in West Africa. What? Experimenting on people? Oh, it's been going on for a long time. Listen, listen, listen. You can read all about these things that are being experimented on with vaccines. I would have said sometimes, listen, I'm not a vaccine person. I don't take vaccines. I don't believe in them. I don't even get the flu vaccine because it seems every year when the flu vaccine would come along, the only people I ever know that got the flu were the, my friends who got the flu vaccine. I haven't had a vaccine in since I was a little boy back in the 1960s. I don't plan on taking a vaccine, but, uh, but that's my own personal thing. Here's the problem with everything I read about this vaccine that is coming. It is enormously concerning to me. Everything from from these us being electronically monitored by the vaccine to even hearing that it could affect and even possibly change our DNA. What is the vaccine? The intent is to get every person on the planet vaccinated over coronavirus, which is disappearing. Listen, there's a very nefarious plan here. This is about globalism. Ultimately, it's going to turn into the mark of the beast. Listen, I did not say the vaccine is the mark of the beast. People challenge me that all the time. People want to say, Pastor Tom, tell everybody it's the mark of the beast. Or if I say something, they'll say, you just said it's the mark of the beast. I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast. But I can tell you this much, we are all being prepared. We're, we're told what we're going to wear, wink, wink. Uh, we're, we're told everybody's going to have to va have a vaccine. We are all being prepared. Why are we being prepared? Think of this. 
Revelation chapter 13 tells us that the time is coming. The false prophet is going to command that everybody receives uh, the mark of the beast or the image of the beast on their right hand or forehead. And, and here's wisdom. It's the number of a man. It is 666. And when somebody receives that mark of the beast, guess what? They cannot possibly be saved. There's no way they could turn back to it. But listen, understand this with the mark of the beast, because I know some of you have this question. It will be an act of worship. Right now, the vaccine is being promoted as an act of medical, uh, a medical thing. Uh, the um, um, the uh, mark of the beast will be an act of worship, a deliberate thought process into a person's mind where they're going to receive the Antichrist, worship him as Christ. Listen, you don't think people are going to go there they're going to go there. Just look at how much society has transformed right now. In fact, if you think you're going to resist, you're going to go into the tribulation and resist that mark of the beast freely and easily, not so fast. You will be shamed by your neighbors. You're going to be shamed. You're going to be able to buy or sell. You're not going to be able to go to a store. You're not going to be able, you're not going to, be able to do pretty much anything. You look at this and you go, wow, and you're going to be shamed by everybody. There's that person that wouldn't receive the mark. There's that person that wouldn't receive it. There's, Listen, we're set up. You've got to wake up. If you're not already awake, man, people need to be awake. Rolling emergency, here's more, of locust swarms decimating Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. Locust swarms. And then here's this. I mentioned the World Economic Forum reset. Damon Duck writes about it in Davos, Switzerland in January of 2021. The theme will be the Great Reset. The Great Reset means changing every aspect of society by redistributing the world's wealth, enacting a global tax, um, and supporting world government and more. Um, I look at this, and then we're told, that uh, we're not, you look at all these things that are going on, and I'm told as a pastor that I'm not allowed to pastor a church right now. Well, I guess I can pastor online uh, to keep the masses happy or something like that and, and say nice things online. No, we chose to meet. I have several friends we chose to meet. Meet. Listen, but you look at all of this, ultimately, I know what's happening. This is a spiritual battle that we are in, folks. Can't meet in church, um, all the different lawlessness that's abounding. Um, all the different rules and regulations. You can go in a riot or you can go in a protest, but you can't sing inside of a church. You don't need a mask if you're protesting, but you need a mask if you go to a restaurant, if you're even allowed in a restaurant. These rules make no sense. No biohazard waste disposals for the mask. Just on and on and on down list. These things don't make any sense. Todd Stram Stramberg uh, wrote, uh, lawlessness is setting the stage for Antichrist. I believe it. Out of the lawlessness, out of the chaos, is going to come this new world order. And people are going to say it's a disaster. They already have the solution. They know exactly what they want it to be. It's a reset. It's an attempt at utopia without God. They want to get rid of God from everything. Looking at it here in California, they're closing down schools. Well, not closing them down officially because you can still have school online. You look at these things. I hear in some other state that, that books at schools were being thrown out because they were contaminated. You start wondering, are books going to be replaced with this New World Order type of book? Folks, we need to think through what in the world is real. This has never gone on before. Never gone on before. Churches have always met through a threat of pandemic or pestilence or persecution, losing their life. 
to this day, but yet suddenly the Western world church just stopped. Wow, listen, we not, need not to be afraid of him who can kill the body, but the one who can send the body and soul into hell. Listen, we press forward in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we are supposed to do. And at the, at the, the threat of something like this, we move forward, we worship the Lord. Listen, let's get going to, well, let's look at a couple of these. Look at this. And then we're almost done here. I want to take some questions. Volcanic activity is heating up around the world. More than 39 erupting volcanoes and hundreds of earthquakes hitting near or under lava craters. You can look up earthquakes and volcanoes yourself and see, man, they're off the charts. Here's this. Los Angeles Teachers Union. Free up funds to reopen schools by defunding the police. Well, this makes a whole lot of sense. In the schools, they're not going to allow police in, in anymore either. You look, you go, this, what in the world is really going on? I know what's really going on. That new world order is coming, folks. Uh, Pope Francis, dangerous call for interfaith prayer, each to his own God. There is one God Almighty. There is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But we live in this ecumenical world, each praying to his own God for an answer. We need to repent. We need to turn to Christ. And then there's this Ohio, Ohio County implements hotline to report people not wearing masks. And then there's this. Thousands join protests in Hollywood. Can you see that picture? Look at all those people. But don't you go to church. And you better not go to a restaurant. You're looking going, listen. The hypocrisy is off the charts in these things. These leaders know that it's not about the COVID virus, but they're using that, and people are being manipulated. Just ask yourself some questions. Why this and why not that? Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Last thing I want to deal with before we get to questions is Israel will be the epicenter. Uh, uh, Terry James writes, End times eye on Israel. These commentaries have mentioned before Satan's sleight of hand in diverting attention from what's really going on. Like in the old shell game called Thimblerg. The P is placed under uh, the one of the three shells and the player is invited to guess which shell the P is under after the shells are shuffled. The shuffling increases in speed, and soon the human eye can't follow the movement to keep up with the shell con concealing the P. In most cases, the player ends up the loser after betting on being able to pick the correct shell. Like in the matter of a globalist activity where Satan and the demonic and human minions hide their true efforts to bring in their changed world order with distractions of such activities as though of the cancel culture. The evil one diverts attention from things involving the number one sign of these end times. He, for example, foments revolution within this nation and others of the Western world. All the while, the nation of Israel and the entire Middle East region are being rearranged, setting the stage for the great end times play that will see the triumphant return of Christ. And then he goes on after that, and he talks about these various things that are happening with Israel, the attempted peace plan and the attacks that have been going on in Iran. Certainly you've been paying attention to these things. Listen, we're diverted by everything else. I believe God is singling out Israel. Listen, in the last days, this is what we do know is going to happen. Israel is the epicenter. Oops, I'm out of time.
Israel, we're going to go to your questions. Israel's the epicenter. There's going to be a temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem. And guess what? Antichrist is going to sit in the temple and demand to be worshipped as God. Israel's going to see the Antichrist for who he really is. And uh, destruction is going to be coming upon the planet. Listen, all this to say Jesus is coming. Over 800 prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. With that, listen, I want to get to your questions, all right? I promised you I'd take your live questions. Let me get a drink of water. And if there's any way we can turn the air conditioner down in this new studio, I would be delighted. It is hot in here. Is anybody else hot in here? Man, I'm smoking. It's like a thousand degrees in this place. Okay, you ready? Here's some questions. I got them. I'm ready to go. And by the way, I got to ask you this. Send me questions short and to the point. I don't have time to read through a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. They just make them short and to the point. Okay, ready? Let me go. Oh my goodness. There's too many questions. Does anyone get attacked spiritually by friends in Leopold? I don't know what that means. Is it true that the, that the generation that saved Israel, let's see, let me see if I can get this, saw Israel become a nation, is a generation that will be raptured? Uh, that's a good question. That comes from the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Mark. When you look at the Olivet Discourse, when it talks about the, uh, the fig tree uh, and uh, this generation shall not pass away. What I believe that passage means is all of the events that take place in the last days. They're all going to be happening. They're going to be converging at the same time, including the generation that sees Israel become a nation again, which took place in 1948. Then Israel got Jerusalem in 1967 again. But it's a time when that takes place, plus all of the other events of the last days taking place at the same time, including the coming New World Order, globalism, on down the list of many things that we talked about this evening, wars and rumors of wars, race wars happening, earthquakes becoming off the charts, volcanic eruptions, a mark of the beast technology, mark of the beast talk, on down the list of, of all these lawlessness abounding, item after item after item. So yes, in that regard, that's exactly what Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away till all these things come about. So we're watching them all converge. In fact, in Luke chapter 21, the Bible says this. You can see it up on your screen, verse 28. When you see these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Okay, and there's this. From Kathleen, can eschatological differences be considered false teachings if they are extreme, such as preterism? Is replacement theology a false teaching or just different view? I hear conflicting ideas on this. Kathleen, great question. Uh, I would put preterism and replacement theology into the same category. I personally do not see how you can, uh, you can uh, understand any Bible prophecy with replacement theology. To rightly understand the Old Testament and the, and the prophecies in the New Testament regarding the second coming of Christ, Israel is the center. Listen, God's covenant with Israel is a forever covenant. Jesus is coming again. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. And as Romans chapter, uh, Paul said in Romans 
uh, chapter 9, 10, and 11, he said, is God done with Israel? It's certainly not. Jeremiah made it clear, God is not done with Israel. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the time of the Gentiles is full. So preterism and replacement theology both fall into that category of replacing Israel and replacing the Jews as if the church has replaced them. So ignore Israel, ignore all Bible prophecy, and it has no relevance whatsoever. I come from a completely different standpoint on that. I believe the Bible to be fulfilled literally. I believe the prophecy of the second coming of Christ will be fulfilled literally. And God is not done with his people, Israel. Okay. Shelley says, how do we help unbelievers understand the significance of this prophecy and how it relates to our time here in the U.S.? Um, I'm not sure uh, what prophecy that particular one is, um, uh, but nevertheless... Um, how do we help unbelievers understand the significance of it? Listen, uh, it's going to be through prayer and God quickening their hearts and minds to have the, I, I get it, I understand. Again, in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel wrote, in that time the wicked will see it and they will not understand. In other words, they're going to see the events of the last days, all the various ones. They won't understand, but the wise will see it and the wise will understand and the wise will know spiritually wise, biblically wise regarding the second coming of Christ, uh, meaning uh, having an understanding that the events point to the events that are going on that other people don't get. They've been woken up, a true waking. You hear about people being woke? No, they're not woke. They're asleep spiritually to the second coming of Christ. There's a true awakening to the biblical things. Uh, by the way, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 also says a strong delusion is going to come along the, among the people. Here's another question I received from Mason. And Mason asked, what makes this different than in World War II? When you saw, all, that's a great question. When you saw all these various things happening, um, that were going on, people would have been upset. You have uh, Hitler rising up out of Germany. People probably thought he was the Antichrist. You're probably right, Mason. Those are probably some of the thoughts. But understand this. This goes back to the first question, um, or the last question, uh, that regarding the, the uh, time of the convergence of all these things happening at a time when the Jews, when Israel is back in the land. So you could have all these different signs happening, but if they weren't happening when the Jews and Israel had the land again, then they wouldn't have any uh, time frame regarding the second coming of Christ and the prophecies that are going to be fulfilled. But because Israel is back in the land, that officially happened in 1948 after World War II. It makes our generation and everything we watch happening right now very significant. Plus, I'm telling you, the goal is 2030 to get the new world order, this whole system done by 2030. We're looking at all these things converging at the same time. Here's another question. Here they are trying to make me change my electric to clean energy. They said my bill would be higher. I won't switch. I'm not sure what to tell somebody about that question. Um, uh, Regina asked, wars and rumors of wars are increasing, she says. Yes, and also lawlessness and delusion. Listen, Jesus said wars and rumors of wars would increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman, and lawlessness would increase like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. Is that happening? Absolutely. Nation against nation, race wars, are they increasing like that? Absolutely. Listen, in, in, in the delusion, let me get to that because uh, I had this other email question that came in, and this came in from Denise. Let me find her email here. Give me just a second. She writes through the various things that are happening out there, 
And then she says, here's my question. She says, people aren't listening to me when I'm telling them about prophecies. If God is the one that is sending the uh, delusion, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. In fact, I'm going to read it to you in context so you can hear that. But she says this as I'm turning there. If God is the one that is sending uh, the delusion, should I be making myself crazy trying to convince these people that won't listen, trying to convince them of the truth? Um, and if they believe the lies, does that mean that they have been condemned by God and are not really saved? Why are there so many so-called Christians that have no idea what the Bible says about what is happening and uh, how you can be salt and light uh, if you are as afraid uh, as the deluded and the condemned? And, and then she talks about just living in a very confusing time, trying to make sense of all these things. First of all, I want to say this. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can tell people uh, the prophecies. You can show them the Bible. You cannot make someone believe. Sometimes we try to make somebody believe. I can't do that. I can put the information out there. I can show you how this connects with this and that connects with that. But as far as the delusion goes, let's put the delusion that she asked about into the right context. So the context of the strong delusion of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is during the time when Antichrist sits in the temple demanding to be worshipped as God. That's the midpoint of the tribulation period at the time of the mark of the beast. The Bible says this, uh, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, uh, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So you got the time frame there, right? Antichrist is going to be revealed. Right now he's hidden. He's going to be revealed. That hasn't happened yet. And then the context, he's going to sit in the temple and demand to be worshipped as God. The Jews have not built the temple yet. And then it goes on and says, Do you not remember 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5, that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Antichrist will be revealed. It's coming, I believe, after the rapture. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Oh, yeah, it is. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken away. Listen, if you look at the lawlessness abounding now, imagine after the rapture how, how much this is going to be, wow, the lawlessness, how it's going to increase. And then the lawlessness, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of uh, Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. He's going to be working miracles. He's going to have answers to the world's problems. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, Listen to this. This is her question. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Wow. Because they rejected the truth of Jesus Christ, it's an outright rejection. I don't want God. Get him out of here. I, it's, just, it's a complete abhorrence to the things of God and of Jesus Christ. God says, I will send them strong delusion. But the strong delusion here... Is, comes in the midpoint of the tribulation as Antichrist demands to be worshipped as God. However, we are watching a world that seems to be living in a delusion right now as things certainly are 
uh, interesting to say the least when we're trying, we're looking, going, how can people believe these things? I have a few more questions here I want to get to. They tell me I'm out of time, but I want to take a few more questions. In fact, I have a lot more questions I'd like, I'd like to get to. I don't know if I can get to them all. Um, do you think that the New World Order has a plan to confiscate the assets of the raptured saints? Of course. That's an easy yes. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Um, here is another one. How do you travel overseas without being vaccinated? Listen, I want to go to Israel. I'm going to tell you right now. I am, I am not interested at all in being vaccinated by um, uh, the, for, with this vaccine that they're talking about that's coming. And uh, as much as I want to go to Israel, folks, if that vaccine is required for me to travel to Israel, I don't know about that. Hey, listen, I just got this question that came from Italy from my friends that host the San Remo Conference. A new wave of dominionism is sweeping Europe. They teach that the virus is absolutely of the enemy and it is the church's responsibility to drive it out. Jesus, the last Adam, restored us to dominion over the earth as Adam originally had in the garden. Therefore, since the believers have this dominion, it is incumbent upon us to deal with this evil. Your comments. Excellent. Listen, dominionism basically teaches that Christianity is going to make the world perfect and then Jesus is going to return. This is not in the Bible anywhere. This place ain't going to be right until Jesus comes back. Everything is pointing towards this new world order. <clears throat> Christianity is an anathema to the devil and, uh, and, and as soon, let me tell you, as soon as the church is out of here, let me tell you what's going to happen. The, the, the devil is going to go full force after Israel and the Jewish people. Why is that? Because the devil believes this. Jesus says, I'm not going to give up on the Jewish people. They're going to be there when I return. Aha. Uh -huh. So what's the devil in his mind? If he can eliminate the Jewish people and eliminate them from the land of Israel, then the Lord cannot return and rule and reign over his people from Jerusalem. He's deluded. The enemy is in his thinking, but that is going to be his, his uh, attempt. Listen, back to dominionism. Christianity is not going to make this world right. Jesus is going to make this world right. Thank you, Yaz, for your question coming all the way from Italy. Wow. Um, here's this. We're almost done. Will uh, will we be gone before it's forced upon uh, everyone be left behind? We'll be gone before. I'm not sure what that means. A question. I've seen some ministers saying stock up. Should I be concerned? Um, uh, the uh, Should I be concerned about stocking up? Listen, I live in California. We have earthquakes. Uh, we have uh, things that just happen. I don't think it's a bad idea to be stocked up. I know that when the COVID thing hit, nobody could get any toilet paper because some people stocked up entire households full of toilet paper. You couldn't find beans and rice or even top ramen. So you go with that as you may, but I do know that Jesus is coming and it's always wise, wise to be prepared. Okay, back to this question. Seems to be some clarification Will we be gone before it's forced upon everyone that's left behind to say yes to the Antichrist? Listen, I believe that we will be gone. I believe the rapture is going to take place. And then it's not until the midpoint of the tribulation when people are required to receive the mark of the beast. You say yes to Antichrist. Listen, that's going to be a tough time. I want to tell you this. If you can't say yes to Jesus Christ right now, 
then how on earth do you expect to be able to say yes to him then? Well, it's going to be much more difficult. Listen, we need to wake up. One more question I got. This came in uh, via email, I hope, for our times. And this question is this. Uh, is there an age of accountability? I don't know all of the concerns regarding that question. My guess is this is a, a lady who has some young children. And she's thinking, well, my children, um, I'm guessing they're still uh, going to go home uh, with the Lord. Um, but will they miss the rapture or if they die, uh, what's the age of accountability? Uh, listen, the Bible doesn't tell us that there's an age of accountability. Like once a child hits 18, they're accountable on their own. At 17, they're going to heaven if they die. The Bible doesn't tell us that. Uh, but there certainly seems to be a maturity level with an age of accountability when a person needs to receive the Lord. Um, and some people receive the Lord when they are four years old. And you talk to them when they're an adult. They knew exactly what they are doing. I don't know what the age of accountability is. There's maturity levels. There's different things to consider there. All I do know is this, that I believe our children, while they are young, are protected. They are under our covering of the Lord. God is gracious. The Bible speaks to that in the New Testament. Listen, with all of this, we really are out of time. I don't think I got to all of your questions. In fact, I know I didn't. Please forgive me for that. I think I went about an hour and 15 minutes tonight. Listen, next week I'm going to be with Don Perkins. It's going to be rocking and rolling. I'm going to ask him about the millennial kingdom. I'm also going to ask him, we're going to be talking about Black Lives Matter next week and some of the other things that are taking place uh, and uh, that you need to know about that you're going to be interested in. And uh, we're going to put the, we're going to connect all of the dots. Listen, Jesus is coming. I've got to ask you, do you know him? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? You must ask Christ. There's no other name under heaven by which a man can be saved than that of Jesus. Listen, pray now. Ask him to forgive you. And do this, please. Uh, uh, um, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Listen, when you subscribe, it helps to get the word out there further. The more subscribers we have, the more favor we can get with YouTube. And right now, it's nice to have some favor out there when you're getting censored in certain places. So with that, let's move forward. Share this with your friends. Send me your questions. I'll answer them when I can, although I do get a lot of them. Listen, I had a great time tonight. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.